0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. You're listening to The Ensemblist, the only podcast that shows you Broadway from the inside out. I'm Mo Brady. So many of us theatre artists are missing the experience of creating with others. Those who have had the opportunity to be in the room making theatre seem to have won a golden ticket for making it through this pandemic. Even those who have traveled halfway around the world to do so. Frederick Odgard is an original cast member and assistant dance captain of Broadway's newest juggernaut, Moulin Rouge! The Musical. Fred spent eight weeks this winter traveling to Australia to run auditions for the Australian production of the show, along two of his Broadway colleagues, associate choreographer Katie Spielman and dance captain Carly DiNardo. Upon his return to the States, Fred chatted with me about his long-standing relationship with the show's choreographer, Sonia Taya, and what it felt like to create across the globe when theater at home is at a standstill.
2: Would
0: you introduce yourself and uh, tell us where you're calling from today?
2: Hi, my name is Frederick Odegaard. I am calling from Bushkill, Pennsylvania, in my lovely home that I moved out to during the pandemic.
0: (laughs) So what is your position on Moulin Rouge? And maybe talk about it in terms of the length of time you've been with the project.
2: What I am with Moulin Rouge is I'm the assistant dance captain, and I'm also on stage. I have my own track in the show, so I'm on stage every day. I have been with the production since early 2017, getting a phone call from Sonia saying, you know, I have been asked to audition for this. I think you're gonna know what it is once we like get in the room and start working. Like, I mean, we're just gonna get in the studio and play around. And we got there and she was like, we're gonna be dancing to Lady Marmalade today. So we're gonna kind of explore some things. And both Mia and I looked at each other and we were like, oh, we're auditioning for Moulin Rouge, aren't we? And I have been subsequently with Sonia, and just as like a person in the room with her.
0: You've been around for the very beginnings of the creation of the movement language of Moulin Rouge.
2: Yes, especially like yeah, that first day, like working on like Lady Marmalade and some of that movement that happened that very first day that I have like videos of ended up in the show.
0: So then after the Broadway show has opened, you're involved as the assistant dance captain in what kind of capacities beyond your performing role?
2: I help mainly with the male side of choreography in the Moulin Rouge, all of like the lifting, I the lifting, all of it, I like helped create. So I kind of know like like the, the nitty gritty, like ins and outs of it. Carly runs lift Call. I help her kind of just assist her in rehearsals so that it's easy to like, she'll take the women and the principals, I'll take the men. And just because like, it, it's just the vocabulary of the show is so vast. And the more that me and Carly have been together, the more we've realized like how much material there really is. Um. So it's it's better when there's two of us.
0: Right, and that collaboration in a Broadway show is something we see often, right? We see the offstage dance captain and the onstage assistant dance captain, and each is able to sort of bring solutions to the table that only they are able to see because of
2: either their inside or their outside experience. Again, there is no one else really in the world. They're slowly becoming people, other people in the world that, like, know this information, but for the longest time, there was not a lot of people. There was a very small little circle that knew kind of like all of the information inside of the show.
0: Since the shutdown, were you involved in Moulin Rouge in any capacity? Were you like part of any sort of leadership conversations or were you just like the rest of the cast and coming on occasional Zooms, but otherwise kind of just hanging out?
2: A big portion of what we were doing or what the show was doing was just kind of getting our head wrapped around what I think was going on with the global rollout because it was happening so quickly. Uh, London was in talks like Australia was like couldn't be further from people's minds because it was like supposedly the fourth production, the national, we were just casting the national tour, like it had just kind of wrapped up. There was all of these ideas and then when the shutdown sort of happened, it kind of was like radio silence. I wasn't even expecting to go to Australia, but again, because this like gray line that I like live inside of, and because I feel like I'm part of Sonia's like inner circle of people, that I have this like bucket of energy a uh, bucket of information that like a lot of people don't have when the idea of Australia happening came to pass like when they were like we're gonna just kind of like go ahead with that was part of the conversation unbeknownst to myself early on and then it wasn't until November that asked it was like right after my birthday in November that they were like, would this be something you would be?" interested in doing. And I was like, oh, yeah, for sure.
0: (laughs) Okay. So you find out, you get asked in November. And when did you leave?
2: Um, They said they gave me a month. So it was like November 27th. And they were like, you're leaving on December
0: 27th. Kind of perfect to be flying to Australia in the middle of a pandemic at the beginning of their summer. Like (laughs) we've heard a lot about the quarantine process. So I kind of want to skip forward and actually talk about Being in the room, what was the audition process like and how was it different, either because they just do things differently or because there is a global pandemic going on?
2: Moulin Rouge is so specific and we have found out through like years of auditioning this show that... It is n- so specific the way we have to do things and the lane we kind of have to stay in. I don't know how they would do it because it was really much, it was pretty much when we got there, they were like, how do you audition this like beast of a show? the creatives and everybody were like, this is how you audition it, this is how we set it up, this is what we do. It kind of followed the same kind of guidelines as like how we did it in New York. It was a little bit more streamlined because this was now like the third big wraparound that we have had with the show. So it was kind of, we, I always said like when we were there, I was like, wow, we really like hit our stride this time. It was like streamlined. We knew what we were doing. We knew what we were saying. We knew like how we knew the, best way to audition it for the most part it was it was very similar however the masks were worn in the room the whole time unless you were we had two spaces one that was really large and one that was kind of like a normal dance studio size the one that was really large at a certain point in time because they were like flip-flopping a lot like of like their rules and their protocol and like what they were doing in Australia. So it was like, you don't have to wear masks. You do have to wear a mask. You have have to wear a mask. It's like only this many people. Okay. We can have this many people. We're normally like on an ECC day, you're talking about like 30 to 35 people in a room every 30 to 45 minutes, like no mask, sweatiness, sweat on the floor. Like you can see upwards of 350 people, if not more in a day there, it takes several days to like get through like even a hundred and fifty people,
0: which is takes more time, takes more money, takes more planning.
2: Yes, and we're dealing with like creatives that are across the world, so you're there is like a con. There, we had like a constant live stream, like and videotaping and like sending videos to creatives and like it was just so and in- it was so intense. We had a video running. At all times just to like rehearsals like kind of capture like how they were learning capture like all of these things so you can have all of this information because normally that's information that you take for granted when you're like in an audition room in nor like when everybody can be there
0: was that stressful for you i mean to sort of take the reins in a more leadership way or did it just feel comfortable because like you said you've had so much experience with this project
2: it felt, it felt really normal. Like it just like felt normal. Like it's not, it, do, it doesn't feel like an uncommon place for me to be. I feel like I know what she, I feel like I know what she likes. I know how to get the people to like move to a certain place that then she can like add like what she needs to see on top of that. Like same thing with like Carly now in like this environment, like, and how to like teach Sonia's work and like what it takes to kind of do that. It just like felt really no. I, I, when they were like, "You're gonna go," I was like, "Of course!" Not. I, I was like, "Okay, great." I was like, "This set feels like this feels like it should."
0: I'm interested in how it felt.
2: It was very overwhelming. It was really overwhelming because I said so many times I was in such a bag of mixed emotions the whole time because I I kept feeling this innate sense of jealousy. Went and saw shows while I was there too. Like I just couldn't get past this like real large, like, lump in my throat of, like, jealousy. I'm going to a different country. I'm flying halfway around the world. I'm leaving my family. I'm leaving my house. I'm, like, of course I'm going here to make money, which is, like, so important inside, like, what a pandemic and what we're doing. Like, everybody's income is has been hit so diffic- uh, hit so hard ultimately at the end of the day I'm like I'm going to Australia to do the thing that I'm supposed to be doing at home and at, in a normal in a normal world I wouldn't be I wouldn't have gone to Australia I would be at home I would be at my job I would be doing the things but it was like I'm getting to do the thing that like I so desperately want to do at home and I have to go halfway around the world to a country that supports one another enough to make these really difficult decisions that have benefited them in the theatrical world so much better than the country that I'm currently, that I, the country that I like reside. A great one, cause I'm going to go, especially like I'm gonna go like send this information off like across like the 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 world, you know what I'm saying? And to like work for a show that I, love so much and feel like I have so much ties to. But yeah, just like being like, God, I really wish I was home and doing this.
0: Like, how were they making it work kind of from a production standpoint beyond the...
2: There were protocols. People over there, as much as they may gripe and scoff at like, oh God, well, we have to go into this like lockdown. There is a overall sense of care for one another that we do not have here are if you get a symptom or if you get sick or if you test positive the government contacts you and it's like we are going to do a contact trace of all the places that you were in from the time that you got and they can do it they can go back in time based on your phone number and where you checked in everywhere they can see your pathway through the country
0: Did that affect your eight weeks there? Were there ever times where you guys had to shut down rehearsal?
2: Yeah, there. Yes. Yes. Which is crazy. There was a whole outbreak in Melbourne and it just so happened to be on the exact same day that we went in and out of that airport because we went back to Melbourne in the middle for like two days because they, we needed to catch a group of people up in Melbourne and then they were going to fly them all to Sydney. So we, me, Katie, Carly flew to Melbourne did a bunch of stuff and then flew back home the next day. And it just happened to be that we were inside that five days. Victoria locked their whole state down so we couldn't end up getting those people to Sydney to audition. We all had to go home and we were gonna be in a five day lock, mandatory lockdown. Like we were in the middle of auditioning and the middle of rehearsal. And then all of a sudden it was like, Katie comes into the room and was like, we have to go home. for, And you have to be in your hotel room for five days unless you test out of this. And because of like the goodwill and the nature of everybody. And I mean, of course it's different. The difference with theater there versus the difference with theater in New York is that theater in New York thrives on tourism. Local tourism, international tourism. There's not enough people locally in Manhattan only to keep theater alive. In... Australia, there's like one or two shows, maybe two in the same city, one in Melbourne, like one that's maybe on tour and they go until they exhaust their population. And so that's what's hugely different. Nobody's flying to Sydney to be like, God, I can't wait to go see like the production of Hamilton in like Sydney, Australia. You know what I'm saying? No one's doing that. It's like the people that live there are doing that. They're going to see those shows. That's what's different about us, is that we purely cannot survive on locals. That's why sporting events are able to happen, because it's a local event. And like, it happens very sporadically. It's not happening eight nights a week. It's, the the consistency of it is not the same.
0: Special thanks to Frederick Odgaard for sharing his stories with us today. The Ensemblist was produced today by Jackson Klein and me, Mo Brady. Please rate and review The Ensemblist wherever you get your podcasts, whether that be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at bpn.fm, the home of Broadway Podcast Network. Our Patreon members have on-demand access to our archive, including full conversations with our guests and early access to episodes. You can join Linda Lee, Phoebe Stewart, and Cheryl Hodges-Selden for between $5 and $20 a month at patreon.com slash The Ensemblist.